most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses AJ Jones, how the heck are you? Sick (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what's going on with AJ Well, I have a sinus infection that's now taking over my ears and eyes and Didn't the doctor say that your sinus infection is trying to eke out of every orifice in your face? Something like that, yeah So I was like, oh, that's charming Is that why you woke up this morning with one eye glued shut with eye goop? Yes. If you've just joined us, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) It was so gross. I was like, what the heck is going on? They're like, oh yeah, that's just your sinus infection coming out through your tear ducts. I'm like, gorgeous. (laughs) So I'm now on some really strong antibiotics. I had said to them, they're like, how do antibiotics work on you? And I said, well, the, you know, lighter ones don't usually work, but a Z-pack or something like that might might work and she goes oh we're gonna need something stronger than that i was like oh so you've been in you've been sick for five days you've been in bed for three of those days i've been sick for yeah six days talk to me about what happens on the two days that you think no i'm fine i can i can get up in the morning and i think i have a shower and i think oh i think i'm okay i just feel like the dried out feeling like after a cold but then by the time we get to like four or five at night, I feel like I've been run over by a Mack truck. And then the next day I can't get out of bed. And it's probably good to point out that you consistently ignore my Harvard medical training and you just don't listen to anything I say. Could you produce proof of your Harvard medical training? And that's what our marriage has come to. You want yes. proof that I went to medical school. Yes. I also want proof that you were in the Marines and a number of other things that you claim. <laughs> <laughs> I have never ever claimed to be in the Marines. Have. No way. Yes, you have. Okay, special forces, yes. (laughs) Oh, so baby, we have to be gentle with you tonight because you're not feeling well and you're sniffing at the microphone, which is going to be a delight. I'm so sorry, peoples. It's all right, I'll cut it out. Wait, does my voice sound like I'm getting sick? I'm not getting sick. No, you're not getting sick. We've been sleeping in separate bedrooms. I know, it's the only time I'm thankful that we can do that. The only time? Well, I like it when you're sleeping in the same bed. Yeah, that's what... Except when you snore. Then I'm less thankful. <laughs> All right, let's move on from our <laughs> weird body things. So this week was the last of our slowdown schedule. All of our students have come back from around the world. Welcome back, Yee-hoo. everybody. And tomorrow we get to go into the school. Or you don't, because you're contagious, so you stay home. I know. But I get to I'm go so in and bummed. we all get to hear the stories of what they did while they're on outreach. So super proud of them. We just got great reports from churches from around the world. So. Can you periscope me in? Sure, I won't do that. Absolutely. What? Somebody else. Well, it means I have to hold my phone up and then I'll get arm fatigue. So we need need a Periscope intern. (laughs) Our kids were on spring break this week, which meant they got to watch us work. Well, and me be sick. So poor, poor little guys at the door tonight. You know, you were trying to, um, we're trying to say goodnight and MJ kept saying, I have a cuddle. I have a cuddle. I was like, oh baby, I'm sorry. I can't cuddle you till Tuesday. I gave the kids two cuddles tonight. One for me and one me pretending to be you. But uh, apparently I don't go- do a good mommy impersonation. We'll go ahead and do a mommy impersonation. What did you, what did you say? Well, I just said the same things I normally say to them, but in a high pitched voice. Oh, cause my voice is so high pitched. I was doing my best, baby. I was doing my best. Okay. Well, at least it maybe had some humor value. Um, it's worth doing a shout out at the beginning of this episode. If, for those of you who were listening last week, you'll remember I just had the most frustrating time ever recording our podcast for whatever reason. Our really nice and really helpful and normally flawless podcast equipment just 
just died basically and it was way outside of my technical knowledge to know how to fix it so i want to thank jonathan zayas and aaron smith both who came over and spent countless hours i mean on one night we didn't go home till about 1 30 trying to work through everything that tech support suggested i was I, also thankful on that night for separate beds yeah yeah but we'll see how it goes but i i think we've got it sus so jonathan and aaron thank you so much for giving up your time to make this work thank you for restoring my husband's sanity i guess the most important thing we need to talk about babe was new iphones and new ipads got launched this week do either interest you um that's the most important thing that we have to talk about this week yeah, can you think of anything more pressing? Well, today is Resurrection Sunday. R- r- right. Well, p- put in context the resurrection of our Savior. The most significant news in Apple is FBI delayed their case against Apple. I'm not sure if they've dropped it. We'll we'll see. But Apple introduced new phones and new iPads. Do either of those interest you? No, because I have a phone and an iPad. I know, but do you like the smaller phone or are you happy with the phone you no, have? No, I'm keeping my phone. All right, very good. I like my phone. And yes, Resurrection Sunday today. Yeah. Which is amazing. It's, uh, it's very good. I don't know how you talk about that without crying. Do you want to tell the people where we're going the first weekend of June? We are going to Iceland. And how excited are you on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, 84. Okay. Your your voice belies the fact that actually you are wildly excited. Well, I am wildly sick right now as well, so... No, no, I know. I know. I was... Sorry, love, I shouldn't poke fun at your expense. You're doing very well. Thanks. We're just going to have to throw that microphone away because it will never be disinfected. It'll be fine. Okay. Germs only last on surfaces for eight hours. Oh, great. Well, we only podcast once a week, so it should be fine. Yep. Um, so we're going to Iceland. We're going to Iceland. And um, we're super excited. We can't wait to see all our friends and family and loved ones in Iceland. Yes. We haven't been there since when? Uh, well, we had Tia there. So we must have been there in, well, she was tiny, so I guess about 2009, late 2009. So, what's that, five years? Or six, depending on, you know, (laughs) your math. (laughs) You you know what, my mind palace is filled with other things other than abacuses to be able to do mental arithmetic. Maybe even six and almost a half, but you know, it's like. I think Whatever, I'm traumatized. you want to do it, that's fine. I think I'm traumatized from the last time we were in Iceland. Mm-hmm. Because we went to a public swimming pool. We did. Well, there was many pools. And they're awesome because it was the middle of winter and there, it's all geothermal, it's boiling hot water. Yeah. But I didn't bring anything to wear. No. And so they're like, no, no, it's fine. You can just rent it there. I was like, oh, okay. So gross. It, really gross. But what they ended up giving me was a black Speedo and it was probably like a medium and I'm... Like, not a medium. Not a medium. Yeah. And it was just horrifying. Yeah. I I was, I need an RTF about that. It was for kind sure. of funny actually, but it's a whole different scenario over there with that uh, public bathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We mentioned last week we we're going to talk about the diet that we've been on. Yeah. And to be honest, we should probably have Dr. Ronson, our good friend and our family chiropractor, and he should probably come on in the next couple of weeks and maybe correct anything we say that's wrong. Yeah. But let's start with our weight loss so far. Okay. Because this coming week, we transition into maintenance from losing. Yeah. So by Tuesday, we'll have done 40 days. Right. And on day 37, I've lost 40 pounds. Wow. Which will make sense to Americans. 18 kilograms for anybody in Australia or a metric nation. Is Canada kilograms? Or Yes. Do we do pounds when we're in Canada? Or You can do either. Well, that's nearly three stone for the British people. 
That's amazing. Uh, what have you lost? 23 pounds. Which is also not to be sniffed at. Yeah, it's not quite as fantastic as 40, but women do lose slower. And to be fair, I had way more to lose than you did. True. Wait, hang on. Really? Yeah. We're just going to come up with the truth. <laughs> no, it is true. It is true. So the question everybody asks is, aren't you worried that you're going to put it back on again? No. And why are you not worried that we're going to put it back on again? Um, Because there's a very specific way that you come off of it. Right. Um, And it's all like monitored and we weigh in once a week at the chiropractic office and... Is that why I put all the chocolate that Team UK brought me back into a time capsule to be opened in about 20 years? Because <laughs> it's too much of a temptation. Oh. Baby, they brought me milk bottles back. Those are horrible. Oh, I have stop, no idea why stop. you like milk bottles. Just right now, you're making baby Jesus cry. No, I'm not. Milk baby bottles. Baby Jesus is saying you're right. They're horrible. They're amazing. No. Okay. They're Hello? like chewy, nasty, chalky sweet things it's like eating sweet chalk it's disgusting <laughs> okay whatever poutine i make poutine all the time that's totally valid wait have and i you, make milk bottles have all the you time? ever seen me eat poutine no right okay i felt like you were attacking the candy of my national identity and so i lashed out milk bottles is the candy of your natural <laughs> your national identity baby milk bottles and a can of iron brew was my lunch many iron a time brew, i'll give you but milk bottle, your mother let you just eat that for lunch sure my mother didn't know she would give me pocket <laughs> money she would give me lunch money and in my first year of high school i would buy a white bread roll a packet of pickled onion oh monster munch oh my gosh <laughs> put the monster munch as a sandwich filling in the white roll, white bread roll, eat that and have a, a Cadbury cream egg and maybe a Turkish delight. And so that's what I would eat. Absolutely no nutrition involved <laughs> in any single thing that you ate. But it tasted so good. And you wash it down with either Monster an iron Munch brew. is also disgusting. You know, it's amazing that we've remained married all these years. <laughs> you notice how you don't actually get to eat Monster Munch in milk bottles very much. And that's why I'm winning. That's why they're a special <laughs> treat. Well, the whole maintenance thing is, for the next 30 days, we have to weigh ourselves every day and we're not allowed to go above or below by two pounds yeah. the weight that we finished the losing phase at. Yeah. So I'm hoping to just get a little over 40 pounds lost. Yeah. So the question that everybody asks is, how does it work? It's really simple. It's crystal meth. You have tons of energy <laughs> and you drop the weight like nobody's business. That's not funny. But you also lose track of time. Right. And your children, I'm sure. <laughs> No, it's, there are no narcotics at all. Do you want to explain the protocol? Uh, it's like you take this herbal green tea. Oh, start with the tech, because that's the cool part. What's the tech? Oh, you weigh in on this scale that tells you like how much your bones would weigh on their own, your muscle would weigh on your own, your fat would weigh on your own, your visceral fat, which is like the fat around your organs. That's a more dangerous fat. That kind of stuff. So it tells you all that stuff. It also gives and you a metabolic age. It does. Give How you old your body age. is telling, based on the, the facts of your weigh-in, it estimates that your age is, like, I was 56 years old. Yeah. That's encouraging. Yeah. I was 39. You were 59. I know, but it sounds better. <laughs> you were older than me. Well, I am older than you by three years. Okay. You so, 59-year-old grandmother. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so... Then you do this scanning thing that scans for um, 2,500 markers. And these biomarkers, I don't quite understand how it works. That's why we need Dr. Ronson here. Yeah, we do. But basically, once you've weighed yourself initially, and once you've done this biomarker scan, yeah, they custom calibrate a bunch of 
weight loss supplements and tinctures like and yeah. minerals. Some of them taste revolting. Well, only one of mine tasted disgusting. Yeah, and one of mine tasted disgusting, and it was different from your one. The one of my heart. But the rest of them tasted fine. Yes, definitely. And the pills well, were easy to Well, you couldn't taste them because they were in pills. So, right. Yeah. And then you would take basically these pills that looked like they were just made out of green tea and some other stuff. Yeah, I don't really know what was in them, but they're, they're supposed to boost your metabolism and tell your metabolism to find your fat and eat it. Your stored fat. Your stored fat. No, your structural fat. Yeah, both. Oh, I see. This is again why we need Dr. Ronson. Mm. I just aren't do. they the same thing? Stored fat know. and structural fat. Anyway, this you're not allowed that to Harvard Medical, right? <laughs> you're not allowed to eat any oils or butters because it. They don't want your that being what your body focuses on eating. And they want it to focus not, on eating. Not just your fat. you can't eat oils. You can't use any personal care products with oils in them. So we have or butter. News. <laughs> We have new shampoo, new conditioner, new shaving foam, new yeah. deodorant, new toothpaste, new face wash, all yeah. of it oily free. Yes. And so, but I like the smell of the shampoo. It smells like marzipan. It does smell like marzipan. So it feels like I'm in a fondant factory every morning. Mm. <laughs> mm, fondant. Also, one of the personal items that we've got smells like Cadbury cream eggs. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. I love it. I'm like, <laughs> this smells so good. But anyway, so every day you are burning, well, here's a fact for you. It takes about 3,500 calories to burn a pound of fat. Right. So on average, I'm my body is probably consuming about 5,000 calories a day. Okay. But I'm only feeding my body about 550 calories. Yeah. And so you're like, well, Alan, where did the extra 4,500 calories come from? Or 4,450 calories come from? See that yeah. mental arithmetic just like wow. that? Wow. That was amazing. M- that was MIT math. So yeah, you, you're eating 550 calories of food a day. Mm-hmm. And the, the rest of your calories is coming from this green tea that's telling your fat to burn. Which is why, to begin with, I was losing about two pounds a day. One and a half to two pounds a day. And I've now metabolized down to about, um, towards the end, I'm losing about half a pound a day. Yeah, which is more like what I lose. Right. Yeah. The biggest thing that we've done, I mean, apart from change how many calories we're eating, which no, you're not typically hungry. The first three to five days, you want to punch a baby seal because you're so angry and frustrated. And you're you're detoxing, detoxing. yeah. But after that, you're not hungry at all, really. No. Except for if you, you get regimented when you're eating and when you get close to that, you feel a bit hungry. But even then, though, I'm not starving. Right. The biggest change, I guess, is we're eating fish every single day. Every day. And what have you thought about fish? I like cod and halibut. Mm. Halibut's got the worst name ever. If I'm reading a menu and they're like, would you like some halibut? I'd be like, no, sounds gross, but it's super tasty. It's yummy. And I like sea bass. I'm I'm no longer a mahi-mahi fan. You were. I was, but I can't figure out how to cook it in such a way that I actually enjoy it. Mm, cod is good. Cod is great. If you just tuned in, this is the Fish We Like weekly podcast. <laughs> so we figured out how to both grill it and uh, steam it and bake it. Yep. So we're eating so much fish that I'm building my cooking repertoire. But I'd like to keep the amount of fish we eat in our diet. Yeah, I'm, I think it's probably a good idea. It, but you've been enjoying it? Yeah. I'm I'm bored. Well, that's because you can't season it with anything. Yeah. I think if we could just, you know, pan sear that cod with in a little bit of butter. Shut up. And get a good crispy. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah. Soon and very soon. Friday we can have butter. Butter. Mm. All right. None of that was the topic that we're talking about. We'll 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 get Dr. Ronson on. We'll also measure ourselves because not only did we weigh ourselves, but we took blood pressure readings. We took our waist, hips. Yeah. All of our all inches. of our inches. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see. And we'll check back in and, and, and tell you anything more about fish that we remember. But you remember on, on Sunday Ben hadn't seen you in a few weeks and he said to Sonia, where did half of Alan go? Because you look so different. <laughs> well, it's funny because our students have been away for three weeks, so they haven't seen me in three weeks. So tomorrow will be really fun. And so, yeah, and since then, I've, yeah, half of Lost. me's vanished. Yeah, an enormous amount. All right. Our topic for this week is dreaming with God. Okay. I've been thinking a lot about this whole thing about vision. When our friends Alex and Henry Seeley you know what? We should have them on the podcast. We should. They're so amazing. Yeah. When our friends Alex and Henry Seeley, who passed with the belonging here in Nashville, they came and taught on our school. And I think it was Alex who said, vision gives pain a purpose. And I just thought, unless you know what you're living for, you're going to get super frustrated when life inevitably goes through one of those seasons where it's less than comfortable. Yeah. And so having a vision, having a confidence of what God's called you to makes everything worth it and you can actually coast in joy. Yeah. I think the the joy that we found to rest in, tell me if you agree with this, is learning that everything that we are granted from God comes by inheritance. So it's not by us working or trying to make it work. It's just us partnering with God. And even if we do it all wrong, he's still so good that he'll bring around his plan. Yeah, but I think it's also being faithful in the thing that's in front of you. Undoubtedly. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's times where, how many of you listen to this are aware of the fact that although God's never late, he misses plenty of opportunities to be early. Yeah. So typically his time schedule and our time schedule are two different things. Yes. The same person who said I'm coming very soon is the same person who said that day is like a thousand years. So what was my point? I don't know. Uh, Oh, it was mystical. Sorry. (laughs) Wow. I went off into my mind palace. Uh All right. Here's some thoughts for you. I've got seven things that I think is super important when dreaming with God. Okay. Number one. Well, I'm not even going to go number one. This is a a bonus one for free. Oh, so eight things? No, this is just an introduction. It's not even a point. It's just an observation. I'm so excited. (laughs) And being as you've been to both MIT and Harvard, (laughs) I should be so excited. And the special forces. Okay. God has a plan. We know that. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Yeah. So part of the fun of life is actually discovering what that plan is. And it's worth knowing that God, being a creative genius, doesn't take you from where you are now to where he wants you to go, or A to B, so to speak. Because B would scare the living daylights out of us, and we were like, no, I want to stay in A. Yeah. So what he does is, he does A to Z, or Z. And the other 24 letters in between that are these brilliant twists and turns of the scenic route or route of getting to where God's taking you. Okay. (laughs) You are so tired, aren't you, baby? I'm so tired. I'm really sorry. You're doing amazing. Okay. You know what? I can't breathe out of my nose. Okay, well, just keep your mouth open. Yeah, but then I'm going... (sighs) I can mute you. It's fine. Okay. All right. So number one, and this is so... Well, they're all vital, but number one is... It's so important to surrender everything to God. It's going to be a slow ride if you're constantly looking backwards at the thing that you're leaving behind. So it's just smart to give everything to God. I remember 
I had this amazing job opportunity and I, it was everything I wanted. It was a large software company. It offered me this job and I was so wanting to take it. But at the same time, I heard a word from the Lord not to take it. And I felt like I had one foot on the shore and one foot on this boat that was leaving. And God was like, son, you just need to make up your mind what you want to do. And here's what I learned is if you if what you want so badly is actually him, he'll resurrect whatever you lay down anyway. And if it isn't him, I guarantee you what he has planned for you is going to be infinitely better. Yeah. So in my world, I desperately wanted to be this software systems engineer genius. And I had to die to that. Now, my love of nerdy tech gadgetry hasn't gone anywhere. But now I get to, you know, it's just funny, the route that God's taking me, I now end up at this place where part of the, my job is to design systems of people rather than systems of computer. You still do a lot of computer and techie things. I do, but... Not the same kind. Yeah, not yeah, the yeah. same kind. But So here's the thing. Sacrifice is never fun, but the resurrection is always glorious. So yeah. get good at dying because God, what God resurrects is better than what you had in the first place. Yeah, I agree. All right, number two. Okay, so number two, I would say that you want to ask him for prophetic dreams, prophetic words, visions, that kind of stuff. And then collect them and don't despise your small words or your small beginnings. Um, it's okay if they don't make sense when you get them. I would say I've had lots of words that I was like, gosh, I have no idea what they're talking about. Right. And then you look back in hindsight and you're like, oh, that was totally right on. So collect them and uh, pray over them and and just sort of, you know, honor them. Don't don't despise them. Well, it's also that thing that God calls things that are not as though they are. Yeah. So he gives, you know, whenever he's speaking prophetically, he's speaking into what he's creating. So oftentimes he's speaking, like I remember Ivan and Isabel, two of our favorite prophets in the whole world, gave us a prophetic word. And I mean, every time they've prophesied over us, because they prophesy destiny words, they're prophesying way into the future. And I was like, some prophets you guys are, you totally missed it. Little did I know that they were foretelling, you know, everything that we were going to step into. Yeah, they're, you know, if you look back on the stuff that they've said over you 10 years down the road, you're like, oh yeah, totally nailed it. But at the time, didn't make a whole lot of sense. All right. Number three and four, we might get into trouble for saying. So uh-huh. forgive us if we say it wrong and hopefully our hearts will come through. I, I won't get in trouble because I'm cute and sick, and so they'll give me some grace. All right, they'll just go after the bearded one. Yes. All right, number three, immerse yourself in a culture that supports your prophetic words. What I mean by that is what you listen to, what you read, what you watch, all feeds your thoughts. And if you have toxic thoughts, you produce toxic fruit. But if you're, and this is what I learned, even if you're feeding yourself on good fruit— if you're in a culture that's different to the fruit you're feeding from, people will try and convince you that the fruit that you're eating is spoiled. Yeah, That's a terrible analogy. What I mean by that is evangelicism, and I would absolutely count myself as an evangelical, but evangelicism is mostly a culture of doubt. Right. So imagine me raised as a skeptical, doubt-filled evangelical trying to step into new things that are outside of my frame of reference that the Holy Spirit's leading me into. And I am surrounded by people who don't actually believe that it's right or true or scriptural. Right. It's really hard to take off if everyone around you is saying you can't fly. Yeah. 
So it's important that you consider where you are, who you're with, and what you're feeding yourself with, because you could be terminating the dreams before they ever hatch into life. Oh, for sure. For example, I mean, all the prophetic words that the Lord gave me before I ever got a prophetic word, just privately that he gave me, I just thought if anybody in my culture heard these, they'd think I'm on drugs. But in the culture that we live in, in Grace Center, nobody would be freaked out by those words. Right. So I think that's why, remember when the Lord comes to Mary or, or when the angel comes to Mary and says, hey, you're going to be pregnant? She, it says that she just shared it with her cousin, um, who was also had a similar sort of supernatural experience. And what I learned out of that is you can't automatically share everything that God's doing in your life. It's best to find people that God's doing something similar with. Otherwise, if it's outside of the grid or the frame of reference, you could be in danger of casting your pearls before swine. And I think, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying in terms of swine, but I think it's probably fear. You know, people get freaked out by anything they don't understand. And so they'll want to protect you from the thing that they don't understand that you're experiencing. Right. Yeah. And that wasn't exclusively my experience, I should add. Yeah. But I did experience a fair share of that. Yeah. All right. Number four. Can't overstate the importance of this. Find leaders you love and submit to them. I am aware that that sounds kind of self-serving given we're leaders, but I've settled in my heart that the vast majority of our listeners actually have no opportunity to submit to us. They're in other countries. Right. So I feel okay sharing that. And actually, I share that in our culture too, because people get to hear my heart more. And actually, we live that. So we're not asking anybody to do something we don't do. Right. But if people have had bad experience with leaders, what I just said sounds an incredibly controlling statement. Sure. But actually, most of the Bible could be twisted to sound controlling. Okay. Right. But what what I'm... Do you know what I mean? You you can look at what Jesus tells you to do as, oh my gosh, you know... You're so controlling. Oh, it's rules. Oh, I'm not under the Old Testament. But actually, everything Jesus asks you to do is for your own benefit and for life-giving. Right. Um, But what I've found is you only have as much authority as you choose to submit to. And it's much easier to get things done with godly authority than with human influence. Oh, for sure. So when God anoints you with authority, you find an acceleration, but you're only going to have authority to the degree that you submit to authority. Uh Uh-huh. Now, it's important, and I'm sure everybody understands because we talk about these guys a lot, but... The leaders we've had have been just incredible. Yes, outstanding. So John and Carol and Jeff and Becky. But even when I was back in Scotland, I was thinking about this. I had a group of leaders in my evangelical church, a group of elders, I think there were seven of them, super godly men. I would imagine it would be fair to say, but I didn't know them all well enough to make the statement universally. But I would imagine that a lot of the things that the Holy Spirit was doing in my heart may have been outside of either their theological grid or perhaps their experience. Okay. So here's the story. When when I felt like the Lord asked me to move to Toronto, you got to remember that Toronto, I mean, we're so comfortable with Toronto now, but at the time, Toronto was one of the most divisive things in the body of Christ. Half of the body Christ for what the Holy Spirit is doing in Toronto, half of the body Christ saying, this is just terrible. Sure. It was a charismatic hotspot. So here I am in a conservative evangelical brethren assembly, and I feel like God telling me, or I feel like God is inviting me to go to charismatic HQ. And I said, well, Lord, I'm believing this is you. And one of the ways I'm going to ask for confirmation is that you give me a blessing from my elders. Right. So I meet with the elders and I kind of come out of the charismatic closet. 
and just yeah. say, this has been my experiences. You know, I've met the Holy Spirit. You know, I, and I, in, as, as best I could, just explained my process of encountering the Holy Spirit, what happened, how I got healed, how I hear the voice of God, you know, how, you know, dreams and I forget what I shared, but I must have sped talk for about 45 minutes at an elders meeting. Right. And at the end of it, these men just said, Alan, some of what you shared is outside of our grid. And we can't actually tell you whether God is telling you to move to Toronto or not to move to Toronto. But what we can tell you is we've watched your life for the last six, seven, eight years. And we we know that you love the Lord and we know that you hear his voice. And so we're confident to say, if you believe that God is telling you to go, then then we believe. Right. Which is just, you know, it's just it incredible it's when amazing. you think of that. Just yeah. the, the, the wisdom and the godly maturity of those leaders. So there would be leaders who might not necessarily on the surface agree with what I feel like God's saying, but I still wanted to yield myself to them and submit to them. And, and, and I just think submission propels you forward. Yeah. We are where we are. See if you agree with this. Because we found leaders to follow and prioritize their vision over our vision. Yeah. And even like, I mean, I think I've told this story before as well, but even their vision for our lives at times, you know, where like, for example, I didn't, the only reason I started traveling and speaking was because John was like, I see this on you. Do you trust me? You know, not because I wanted to and not even because I think I could, but just, okay, John, if you see this and I trust you and I submit to you, okay, I'll go do it. And and that's actually how I found what's life to me. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but one of the things God gives your leaders is the ability to see things in your life in seed form, both yeah. good and bad. You yeah. know, your leaders in your life, God gives them insight into your lives where they see the good that's just beginning to form in your life and they call you to life, but they can also see some of the stuff that, is perhaps going to trip you up. And yeah. and it's important that you listen to both the good and the bad because they have a perspective that, that you don't. And we've benefited from that so many times when our leaders have sat us down. And just last week I had coffee with Jeff and Jeff was like, Alan, I love you. Here's this thing I'm worried about. And yeah. his words are big in my ears. I'm like, all right, I, I don't necessarily see that or maybe even agree with that, but I'm going to choose to prioritize your opinion over my opinion right. because you have a different perspective than me. Because let's face it, we always think we're right. Yeah. As Jeff would love to say, how would you know if you're wrong? Right. When God gives you leaders. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Number five, give away everything you have. So that just means stuff like teach what you know, practice the little that you have, uh, or maybe the lot that you have. Uh, You only get to keep that which you give away. So serve in the small places, take the opportunities that you have to uh, give away in the small places. Because if you're too big to serve, then you're also too small to lead. So it it's a choice when it doesn't look like, well, that's not as big and shiny as I'd like it to be. Well, are you going to choose to serve and, and use the gifts that you have now? Because that's actually what opens doors later on. My international ministry started at Maranatha Camp. Ooh, it was a, I saw the videos. It was a camp that some of my leaders said, we think you could teach. And I was like, ah, I'm not sure I'm even good with kids. And they saw something in me. And it, not just my leaders, but even the peers, the people around me, encouraged me to do it. 
and I I've still got some of those teachings on my laptop and uh, in fact one of the teachings we do at the school is a reworking of that teaching that I prepared I don't know how long ago it was so yeah don't be afraid to start small in fact everything God does typically starts small and then grows think about the kingdom of heaven it's as tiny as a mustard seed and then and then ta-da. Ta-da. Hey, is that where you did that video of you in an angel outfit? Or was that for Bellevue? That was for Bellevue. In fact, I should dig out that. My you first ever it. children's, second ever children's talk. Mm-hmm. My first children's talk was, I think I made a cake. Okay. Of course it would is be Is that what you related. do in the brethren? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, never knock the brethren's I'm bacon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm but not. My second video would not be possible without my... Very good friend, Glenn Carter. I should dig out that video of me in an angel costume pretending to be double O heaven. And yeah. I was sick as a dog the day I did it. Were you? Oh my gosh. Kind of like me right now. Oh yeah, it was just miserable. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Number six, revisit your prophetic words and ask God for a bigger vision. Here's the thing, there's no limitation with God. Any limitation in the vision that God gives you is purely our end because he's the God of the universe. You know, the scope of our vision is now and maybe five years. The scope of God's vision is eternity. Yeah. And usually what I found is God gives me the smallest piece my brain can understand that still requires faith to reach. And when I get to that point, it's a bit like when I used to climb mountains for a living. You know, there's these things called false summits. And you think, oh, I'm almost there. And then you get there and you're like, ta-da. Oh. Sorry, can we back up? Did you just say a bit like when you used to climb mountains for a living? Yeah. Was that, that before <laughs> MIT or after Harvard? You know I, what? I, I don't want to talk about my checkered history. Okay, let's, yeah. let's go to the last one. Take us okay. home, baby. Number seven. Practice patience is number seven. So I hate patience. I know nobody really likes it. But all I have to say is if you pray in tongues, there's a good chance you're praying for patience because nobody's actually going to pray for it themselves. So I think the Holy Spirit makes us do it. Right. That's just a thought. And all the scripture references say, wait patiently on the Lord. Yes. You know, you're going to be waiting and it'd be good if you're patient. Yeah, for sure. I think for certain longing is one of the hardest things to steward. Oh my gosh. When there's something that's deep in your heart that you're just like, oh gosh, I so want this. Uh, It's just really hard. But I think thankfulness is what will keep us in expectation and from turning to entitlement. Right. I don't think there's anything uglier than entitlement. No. So be thankful, love what you have right now, and stay excited for what's coming. I was also thinking, babe, um, because I've been sick, I've been watching a lot of Undercover Boss. Have you watched Undercover Boss before? Well, I have because you've made me. It's very cool. Yeah. I really like it. I know you do, darling. But one of my favorite shows are the ones where... Did you just quack like a duck? <laughs> I think the machine did it. My favorite shows are the ones where the boss will sit down with somebody who has a lot of promise and just help them um, make a plan for how they head forward. You know, so a lot of them are like, oh, they're the guy at Arby's or whatever that's just, you know, flipping burgers. But they have a lot of energy and they have a lot of, you know, work ethic or whatever. Right. And so the president will say, hey, I want you to meet with my VP and they're going to help you, you know, make a plan for how you could actually work up through the company. Right. And they just sort of, it's it's somebody who's a little bit further ahead giving them wisdom and saying, hey, keep a great attitude. And it's usually the ones that have a great attitude that they do this for. It's not everybody. Right. 
but it just makes me think there's probably something to that as well. Like, you know, when you're in the midst of being thankful, keep your great attitude. And if there is people around you that you could talk to that are where you want to be, but a little bit ahead, then start picking their brains if they're open to it. It's just a thought. Very good. Yeah. Darling, do you realize our 100th episode is coming up? You're kidding. Nope. What are we going to do? Mariachi we, band? We should do something fancy. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll figure put, something out. Let's put our heads together and work out something fancy what, for Why don't we ask episode. for suggestions? Uh, yes, if you've got ideas of what we should do for our 100th episode, please let us know. Go to alanandaj.com slash feedback and you can send us some feedback. Also, if you'd like to ask us any questions you want us to discuss on air, go to alanandaj.com slash ask. And AJ's book, Finding Father, is currently sold out. We should have new copies from the publisher arriving this week. Yeah. In the meantime, it's available around the world in Kindle format, direct from Amazon, or it's available on the iBook store for your iPhone or your iPad. I thought it was an ebook. iBooks is what it's called. Oh. I mean, ebook is technically the general term for okay. electronic books, but oh. Apple's store is called iBooks. Thank you for the education. Tell us about the more conference. More conferences coming up uh, May 20th and 21st. And we have uh, Chris McClarney leading worship and Danny Silk coming to speak. So we're super stoked. If you go to gracecenter.us slash more, you can get more information and you can purchase tickets. And as ever, thank you so much for tuning in. If you can think of someone who would be encouraged by this episode or any of our episodes, please do us a favor, shoot them a text, recommend it. And as always, we feel tremendously loved when you leave feedback on iTunes. We read every review and squeal with delight. That's mostly me that squeals. I'll start videoing you squealing with delight. <laughs> we squeal, and then I can post them we on Instagram. We squeal with delight when we read your adorable words. So thank you for tuning in. Have an amazing week. Say bye-bye, baby, before you crawl back to bed. Bye-bye, baby. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God. The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan yeah. and AJ oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses They talk about faith and Everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone